0: Justin Fields had a rushing and passing touchdown in his Bears preseason debut. Super Bears Super Bowl, woo! Welcome to the Homestand everybody. I'm Austin Stevens. (laughs) I'm Dylan Webster. And we are recording at Dylan's place today. Yeah! Uh, My wife's a little under the weather. Under the weather, so just decided to come here.
1: Feel better, Um, Cassie.
0: Yeah. And so, if it sounds a little echoey or kind of noisy, there's an air conditioner behind me. There is.
1: Say, do you want me to turn that off?
0: Nah, it's fine. We've never cared about the audio quality before, so I I don't think. Why start now? Yeah, why start now? (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: I left at the exact worst time, though, because I pulled out of the driveway and then it just started pouring. Oh, yeah. And then I pull into outside of your place and then it stopped. So, I was just. Because my
1: place is the safe haven. Yeah.
0: It just, it poured for 45 (laughs) minutes and I was in it the whole time. Oh, yeah so great uh we have a lot to talk about today yes we do or do we well yes and no really okay yeah yeah this is gonna be just a disclaimer up top this is gonna be a very chicago heavy episode
1: which i mean most of them are yeah it turns into that let's let's just put this out in the open right now we're both chicago fans yeah like there's big things happening in chicago sports right now with both baseball and football uh, and a little bit of basketball yeah and, and basketball as well yeah we could talk about that but eh. yeah but yeah like it's the thing we're going to focus most on because those are our teams yeah uh if there's ever anything that like draws big interest we'll try to talk about it but for the most part we're going to focus on Chicago so if you don't like that go listen to a different podcast i mean you're already listening to a different podcast anyway so yeah nobody listens to this to begin with literally the people that do listen to us that i know listen to us also care about chicago sports so we're right in the wheelhouse. yeah there we go yeah
0: so we uh (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna talk about football first yes but just to off at the back of the episode probably the whole second half it's gonna be the cubs and and it's gonna be not safe for work no it will not be so just we'll keep it clean up until then and then uh yeah full warning it's probably going to get a little <laughs> little intense so there's a little tease for you guys exactly uh so let's start off uh let's do some like minor th- other things first before we get into okay there so like um we had the no hitter by tyler gilbert of yes the Diamondbacks.
1: so that's pretty cool in his major league debut even is the fourth player in major league baseball history to throw a no hitter in his major league debut uh he did it against the padres which was really impressive Granted, they have some guys that are out right now with injuries, but still very impressive. Still, yeah, Uh, just yeah. uh, I keep I've watched little clips here and there of everything. Uh, I watched one this morning of his dad reacting to it because he was at the game, and it's a very heartfelt moment. You see him actually on the field get you know teary eyed after it. It's like like he's twenty seven years old. He's been working a long time to get to this point. And now he's finally got his chance, and he just went and he threw a no hitter, which is it's very, just very
0: impressive, insane. And that set a single season record for the
1: MLB, even right? It, it tied, no-hitters. it tied the record. High, okay. There's, there's now been eight no hitters so far this season, which is tied for the record most or all time in um, one season. Yeah. Uh, and it's the first one to happen after the, the sticky, um, stuff. sticky stuff situation. Yeah. So we'll see if we can't get one more and. Set a new record,
0: but... I'd like to see one more. I'd
1: like to, too, but it's just been much different since the sticky stuff happened. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens there. But congratulations to Tyler Gilbert. Uh, Hopefully, you can keep up this momentum for the rest of the season and then come back next year.
0: Yeah, and then still be on a terrible team. Yeah. Uh, In other news, Field of Dreams game happened. Yes, it did. Which, that was the game that the MLB
1: needed. It was, and... So many, I've seen a bunch of reports about like the ratings for it and just like how many people watch it. it's the most watched regular season baseball game of like the last 20 years, something Great. like that. Like, it's been a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, i mean, they did it, they did everything justice. You know, you bring Kevin Costner in, yep, uh, you let him kind of open up the, be the opening ceremonies for the game, players come out of the cornfield, which was yep. really cool to see. Super awesome, it's it just really is very cool. Uh, They wore old jerseys, mm-hmm. which the only thing that got me on that was like the Nike symbol on them. Yeah. Which I understand you got to represent, you know, the official sponsor and all that. But like, yeah, it would have been so much cooler if you left that patch off but and Nike, just it looked like old school. Nike uniforms. just couldn't do it. Yeah.
0: Also, the Yankees uniforms look basically the same.
1: Well, that's us the think they haven't really changed, haven't changed over no. the years. They've added little variations of. And that but overall it's still the same design Basically, yeah
0: they had the cool scoreboard like the old school <coughs> old school scoreboard. you had to
1: put the number on yeah that was by awesome. hand that was cool uh
2: yeah, just- yeah and
0: then even the game itself like that's the best part is you can do all the fanfare that you want but it comes down to are you going to get a good game which you you literally cannot orchestrate that you know? no you can't and it turned into an incredible game there were several oh, absolutely White Sox got off to an I mean, early mo- lead. Most
1: runs were scored by home run. Yep. Um, White Sox got up to the lead. They kind of blew it in the ninth inning. Uh, Yankees took the lead over and then.
0: Four runs in the ninth for the Yankees yeah. to
1: take a one run lead. And then Tim Anderson, who's one of the just great young superstars of the game, walks it off. Uh, yeah, great, great moment there. Uh, so great. Yeah. So I hope, I hope we do it again. Uh, they are, They Rob Manfred already said they're bringing it back next year. Great. And the rumor is it's going to be Cubs-Cardinals Ooh. because it's what it was supposed to be last year. But It was? I thought it was always going to be Yankees-White Sox. No, it was, It was well, nothing was made official, but it was, again, rumored it was going to be Cubs-Cardinals when they announced it for 2020. 2020, okay. And then, obviously, it got canceled yeah. due to COVID. So then when it went 2021, they got the White Sox and the Yankees. Now, the reason the Cubs are going to be probably the team selected is because their minor league team is based in, in Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. So, it makes sense that they would be there. I thought it would be better if you had uh, the Cubs and the Royals in the game because both of them have minor league teams in Iowa. So, like you get their fan bases involved mm-hmm. in as well. Right. But that's just me. That's, yeah. That's I mean, But the also, point. the Cubs are basically going to be a minor league team next year anyway. Essential. I mean, they are right now. But we'll
2: get to We'll that. get to that
0: uh so yeah great uh there's also i mean there's a ton of now uh like talk online that they need to do a sandlot game
1: yes that would be so cool there's so many different suggestions for it uh definitely sandlot i would love to see and someone goes well how would you do that it's like easy you literally have a big just patch of land, yeah, and you literally build a sandlot. You just build and like you still make it to you, like, you do like specifications your specifications, whatever. Do but, your standard wood fence around yeah. the outfield. You can have a treehouse in there, mm-hmm. where like 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 a treehouse jungle gym kind of thing, where like kids right. can play in. You have like a random house. It'd be very easy to do and yeah. make it still regulation.
0: Oh, yeah. Because that's absolutely. the thing. Like, you don't want to be like, oh, we're going to play this baseball game on an entirely dirt field and throw.
1: If you can randomly build. It is only,
0: it's one of 162
1: games. If you can randomly so, build a baseball field in the cornfield in Iowa, you can do the sand lot pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Like, they, this, this is not hard to do.
0: They can do it easy. What else? Were you just naming off other things?
1: Um, the sand lot one is the one I've seen the most now, now for life and I can't remember any others. Cool. That I've seen,
0: great content.
1: I know I had an idea there, and it would just left me. But yeah, I would love for them to do a Sandlot idea next. The NFL Espec- needs, to especially do- if they bring Hamilton Porter back to just say play ball. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be
0: awesome. Now the NFL needs to do a football game in prison,
1: <laughs> like the longest yard.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's too many
0: jokes. They could get a couple of their former players out. It's true. I mean, they'd still have to be in handcuffs, but
1: <laughs> I, I would just love it if there was, like, in the Adam Sandler Longest Yard version, there's this guy with a sign that said, I didn't do it! <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> yeah. They have a mannequin in the that stands.
2: that. <laughs> <sighs>
1: I, all right. I, would, I would love for baseball to do more stuff like this. Really all sports to do more stuff like this because it's just fun for the fans. Yeah, to like
0: NHL has been doing the outdoor game for.
1: Yeah, I love that the NHL does that. A number of years now. Those are cool. Yeah, do more gimmick games. I don't know what I don't know how the NFL would
0: do something like that. Why? Just because it takes up more land or what?
1: Well, like what exactly do you do? You just do play it in a prison. Yeah, but like then you have to find a prison that has a football field and decent enough facilities. Yeah, to do that kind of stuff. And then what else are that you gonna do besides besides <laughs> the longest
0: yard? Uh,
1: That's not already like a football stadium.
0: I don't know. Go play at a high school field and do like remember see, the Titans or see, something. See that
1: could be a, a thing where you play an NFL game at a high school stadium because I've seen some high school stadiums that are really Real nice. Yeah, like um. Oh, down in Texas, definitely. There's a bunch down oh, there. Oh, for sure. If they did, a, could you imagine if you did like uh, Dallas Cowboys and Houston Texans game in Texas at a high school stadium?
2: Yeah, that'd be
1: okay. We got something there. There you go, Roger Goodell. If you want to float us some money for this idea, you're yeah. welcome. They could take, uh,
0: they could have whatever team finishes in last place has to play the NCAA champion.
1: See, that's one that people have been suggesting for years. Yeah. And I love it. Like, I really do. I
0: I think all the fans would love it, but also the optics of it (laughs) would be terrible for the NFL because if that college team wins, then it's like, why?
2: First off,
1: the the college team is never going to win. It's probably not. It's more going to be like, it's more going to be like you're going to have grown men beating up on teenagers. Not really. You're going to have guys in their 30s playing against kids that are 19, 20 years old.
0: But what, how is that any different than them going into the NFL the next year?
1: That's, that's different because then they're actually in the NFL. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. and
0: even now, It'd be like, fun
1: to watch because I want to see how, by how much an NFL team wins by.
0: Yeah. But the lines are blurred now with uh, college athletes getting paid for sponsorships.
1: Now, see, that's the thing. Who's going to be the first one with the cojones to like, start sending out invites to random college athletes? Be like, all right, here's the deal. We're putting together a squad to play a group of like NFL just like random players. And you just literally like send invites out and see if you can put two squads together. Yeah. And that's all you got to do. All you got to do is find let's see maybe 30 guys for both sides cuz you only need 11 and 11. Yeah. A couple kickers, a couple punters, and then everyone else just kind of filters in through there. Yeah. Like you'll have guys that don't want to play two ways. Especially if it's an exhibition game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you don't even have to have eleven on eleven. If it's a seven on seven tournament, I think you can get more guys doing stuff like that. Oh, that would be good. Also, I really want them to just reconfigure how they do the Pro Bowl. Instead of having it be like a game of you no, know, AFC and NFC or whatever it is now, I don't even know because don't I don't like watch it. it or something? Yeah, they. I I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I really have not paid attention to the right, game. I, I want them to just have like events. I want it to be like an NFL Olympics. Yeah. Like I want a decathlon. I mean, I, that's kind of what the I,
0: skills w- challenge is now. Yeah.
1: I want I want the skills challenge. I want dodgeball because that's super Dodge fun to do. Fun. I want them to have a seven on seven with the linemen. Oh yeah. Or like position groups. That'd be fun. Like have the wide receivers all are all on a team. Linemen are all on a team. Defensive linemen, yeah. uh, DBs, linebackers, like just have have guys piece it all together because that would be so much fun to watch. Kick toe might be the best one they've come up with. That one's really fun too. But yeah, uh, the fastest man the league contest. Yeah. Where, like, you just have dudes running 40s side yeah. by side. Or if we could finally get this race between Usain Bolt and Tyreek Hill. Because Tyreek so. Hill is talking mad trash right now to an Olympian yep. who has a lot of gold medals for running he's, really fast. Yep. Even to the point where he's, like, let up in the last 20 meters because he's so far ahead of everybody. I don't think he can beat him. I don't think he can either, but I want to know. I Yeah, definitely. You want to know. It's the same thing as when Chad Johnson was like, I want to race a horse. (laughs) and like, I don't know why that needs to be a thing, but I want to see it. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, like sports overall just need to do more fun stuff like that. Uh, The NBA definitely needs to have like some street ball games.
0: Yeah, they have like the celebrity game, but nobody cares about that.
1: No, I'm I literally mean like but they need like to have casual. like a full on game like in just like a park somewhere in New York. Oh, that'd be cool. It would be really cool to see like those are already like I mean those games are all can already attract big crowds with no superstars there just cuz people want to go watch guys from the neighborhood play basketball. Yeah. Now imagine if you could have like the Knicks and the Nets play in uh I can't even remember the name. I want to say Rucker Park but I don't think that's Right, sounds right. I th- I know that I know that name, but I don't know if it's New York or if it's in L.A. And
2: uh, I might be wrong on both those. I'll look it up. Yes, please do. I want to know if I'm right on this. Okay. Uh, I don't. Rucker Park. Yeah, you're right. It's in New York. It's in Harlem. Okay, perfect. New, New York. Yeah, yeah, that could work. But like, yeah, there's so many fun things that professional sports organizations can do
1: to get fans more either interested or just get them like closer to the players and baseball's starting to do it. NHL's already been doing it mm-hmm. with the outdoor games. So yeah, NFL and NBA need to get more on board with that.
2: Yeah. I think that's
1: a good suggestion. Get we the need... word out there. Again, the if all notes. you commissioners and leaders of sports organizations want to float us some money for these ideas like yeah. we'll take it. If
0: you're listening and you want to bring but... us on. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh another <clears throat> funny thing I saw the other day is that uh Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. has been drafted and inducted into the Hall of Fame in the same amount of time that Tom Brady has been in the league. Well, he was he was drafted or, in Brady's
1: 7th season. Yeah, he was drafted in Brady's 7th year and then he retired before Brady's 22nd season. He, re- I think. he retired before that, but then he was inducted in the Hall, oh, of, Fame. Hall of Fame. Yeah. It was just this year. Right? Yeah, in, yeah. In Brady's 22nd season. Yeah. So Tom Brady's career has literally spanned longer than Calvin Johnson's even road to Canton. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. It's a little crazy. And the fact yeah. is, like, Calvin Johnson could have kept playing for a few more years, but he wanted out of Detroit. Yeah. He hates the Lions. Yeah. And he's pretty much straight up said this. It's like he wanted out of Detroit. He wanted to go somewhere else. And then Detroit wouldn't pay him. Mm-hmm. like when he retired. So yeah, Detroit get get your get your stuff together. First Barry Sanders, now Calvin Johnson, Matt Matthew Stafford will throw in too. Yeah. Like you get these high quality players that are really good and you just throw them away like nothing. What a disgusting organization. Oh god, people wonder why I talk so much trash on them. It's not just that they suck and they're in the same division as the Bears. It's just because they're a horrible organization. Yeah. Same thing with with the Vikings.
0: You don't go 0-16 and and be a good organization.
1: No. It's the same problem I have with the Vikings. Not that they were always a bad organization, but definitely in the last few years. Also, anyone that's willing to pay Kirk Cousins that much money to be just slightly above average (laughs) is insane to me. The The only bear rival that I respect as an organization is Green Bay, and I know that's weird to say. But like no, it's not weird at all. But like they, they, I mean, they do things the right way. I absolutely respect the predators. until like the Aaron whole Aaron Rodgers debacle now, but and kinda, I don't even know. Like we'll see. They're kind of getting that figured out, but we'll see if that translates to new stuff down the road. I think that bridge has officially been burned there. I think it's a lot of Rogers being butt hurt about stuff. I mean, it is and it isn't. So like on the one hand. I understand that he wants to have some kind of say in like what kind of free agents to bring in and like what kind of needs they have on the offensive side of the ball. And they do need to listen to him. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out that way, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Also, I understand you like Randall Cobb as a player, but I don't think he's good enough to warrant Bree being brought back at this point in his career. At this point, no. Which... I was surprised that was kind of one of the terms. And now they're apparently going on like a get the band back together thing. They talk about like bringing uh, Clay Matthews back to it's like, what would be the purpose
2: of that? He
1: doesn't even play with Clay Matthews. No, he just wants him on the team. Like Gosh. I understand if you think the organization did them wrong for how they treated them. Like, believe me, like I watched a lot of Bears players go through the same kind of thing, but still, yeah, like, we're going to get Jordy Nelson back, too. They talked about that. They talked about bringing him out of retirement. Jordy's like, I'm good. No,
0: <laughs> no, thank
1: you. So, no, I'm not, I'm cool with not getting lit up going across the middle. Yeah. Chasing after a bomb from Rogers. Like, granted, I'll catch the damn thing, but I don't like getting lit up by a safety at the end of it. So, no, yeah. Yeah. Because once Cobb came back, they were immediately like, oh, let's try to get Jordy back, too. And Jordy's like, I'm retired. Like, I'm done. Like, y'all have fun. Yeah. But yeah, then I've seen uh Clay Matthews. Uh supposedly like AJ Hawk joked about being asked to come back too on Pat McAfee show. Right. I'm like, don't don't backtrack that far. Like I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I think I'm Rogers just-, just wants at least like one year with a bunch of like his guys back, guys he knows he can trust, because he knows he can trust Cobb. More than he can these young guys that are on the team now. He's So now he's got Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. Yeah. And he's uh, just... Big Bob Tanyan. Yeah. Which I think Tanyan's going to have a hell of a year. I think Rodgers is just pushing it to see what he can get away with now. I mean, to a point, I think he's earned that. Like, with how mo- how well he's played over the course of his career. To a point, sure. To a, to a point. But I understand why Green Bay's like, no, we need to be looking toward the future but at the same time like i understood them drafting jordan love but same time when Rodgers puts up an mvp season i'd be like okay we're willing to listen yeah like you want to play two three more years we're cool with that Mm -hmm. yeah why don't you as, as long as as long as you keep those numbers up like we're cool with it why
0: don't you you know super bowl champion multiple mvp you can mentor this guy that
1: we drafted under you. Which he's still doing. Yeah. It's not like he's not willing to work with Jordan. He said multiple times he likes the kid, and he's trying to you know, take him under his wing yeah. and do but whatever keep, he can.
0: But as an organization, you keep him for a couple years. Which
1: Packers, Packers fans were pretty happy with how Jordan Love played in the preseason game on Saturday as well. Okay. I didn't, haven't seen his final numbers, but supposedly he played pretty well. I watched some highlights. He was okay. So much so that every time I've seen a Justin Fields post, like one of the first comments says Jordan
2: Love played better.
1: Wow. It's like, yeah, we're we're at that point now. Okay. We're cool. arguing about our backup quarterbacks. Well, speaking of Justin Fields. My boy. How did he do? Oh, he did great. Yeah. Like rough he had a rough start the first couple of series, but you know, getting those nerves settled in your first NFL action. Also when Nagy's just making garbage play calls well look okay i'm gonna defend him a little bit here all right
0: and this is what i think that it is you've got this rookie qb everybody's hyped about Mm -hmm. you want to like you kind of want to showcase him a little bit right so it would be foolish on an optics point to put him in there and run the ball a bunch right like sure you get him the reps of like Reading well, the you, defense, running You the ball.
1: don't want to solely focus on running the ball at that point because you want to see what the kid can do. But yeah. you also don't want to be bombing it downfield and leaving it in low-percentage situations for him.
0: Yeah, and I they didn't. They were all – it was like 10 to 15. Yeah, it was like, all It was all at the most. Yeah, five,
1: yeah, it was all mid-range.
0: Yeah, basically. so you want to take – you don't want to take him. You want to put him there. Pass it every play. Fine. And I know that, like, it's a little troubling. I can understand it because – Nagy does have a tendency to only pass the ball. Mm-hmm. But I think in this specific situation, he just wanted to get the kid out there, test him and just throw it every play.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: understandable. Yeah. And I'm cool
1: with that. It's just, I don't know. Some of the play calls I've watched him make in that first half, I was like, I don't like where this is going at all. It's looking a lot like Nick Foles out there playing quarterback. And he wasn't out there playing quarterback yet. No, but, I mean, well, and they did even say on the broadcast, like you know, you script out your first ten to fifteen plays, so now Uh those first fifteen plays are out of the way. Now you're kind of going based off of what kind of defenses you've seen, yeah, and just like what situations you're in. You're kind of now you're now off book, right? You're not so much looking like okay, these are what I want to kind of run to start off and see where we're at. And from that point on, it seemed like the play calling was a little bit smoother. They were doing a lot of the same kind of stuff they were doing last year with Mitch Trubisky. It's just you now. You have Justin Fields you doing have a good it, quarterback. and it's so much yeah. different to watch. Yeah, yeah that's true. So if they the if, one where the one play where Fields rolls out to his right, and the defender has to break off the receiver because you got to respect Justin Fields' running ability. Yeah, and then all Fields does is just kind of take a step back, mm-hmm. step back, roll, roll a little bit, roll a little bit more to the right, and then just do a little dump off dump over, over the top, and it's yeah. a 13 yard pickup. And I was like, Trubisky would have chucked that out of bounds, <laughs>
0: <laughs> or just ran or he would have ran it,
1: and he would have got two yards negative two yards if i mean yeah, yeah like just watching how like his mind fields mind processed all of it like he was so calm like he didn't get happy feet in the pocket when mm-hmm. it, when the pocket did break down like he felt it and he would move in certain directions and especially on the touchdown run too like the guy came out from his blind side hit him in the back and then he just kind of ducks out sure. of the way and then Check he's like off, oh yeah. i got i
0: got room let me yeah. take it which the I I was watching, you know, you watch the Dolphins too on that mm-hmm. side, and Tua was really high stepping a lot. Like he had yeah, you say that Fields didn't have happy feet. Tua did. Like I was watching him and he's like, This looks like a dude that's very
1: uncomfortable. Which that was the thing I noticed with Bears quarterbacks obviously a lot last year is like when the pocket started to collapse, you get happy feet. And even with Nick Foles, he started to feel that pressure a little bit earlier than he should have. So he's trying to get that ball out quick. Yeah. And when you do that, you tend to make mistakes. Or you put the ball in a bad spot, or you're just you you're not making the wise throw where his field's. He was calm. He took his time. He's looking. He's processing. He's making all his reads, and then he's finding the open guy. Mm-hmm. And usually, he's taking the check down, which is fine. Yeah. Like, you got to do that sometimes. He had a couple, he had a couple also questionable when your, throws. Also, when your receivers aren't really getting separation, which credit to the Dolphins on that. They played excellent defense yeah. uh, in that first half and then to begin the second half. But once Fields got settled in, he started to find his rhythm. Oh, boy. Yeah,
0: he had a couple questionable throws there towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of them got batted down and almost picked off. One of them, he was kind of off his back foot and um, lofted it. And now the receiver did fall down, but it's still the, I one mean, to, it the one to
1: Jesse James?
0: No, it was another one. It was like a – maybe it was. I don't know, but he was going – Where it was kind of like back
1: shoulder, and he's like started to fall back when the ball was coming down. No,
0: not that one. It was another guy that was cutting across the middle. And he just he slipped his, his feet slipped as he made the oh, cut. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it did get batted in front of him. Mm-hmm. So it was still kind of like an iffy call. But other than that, I mean, which as had, a rookie, those are to be expected. It's going to happen. Yeah, he yeah. had a deep ball to Wims that should that Wims jumped like three seconds too early for it. Yeah, him. I mean, but that's a di- okay. Javon Wims is garbage. Should not even have a chance at a roster spot.
1: So I don't get it. The Bears have to. So all NFL teams have to cut down, cut the rush down to 85 players on Tuesday. We'll see if Wims makes the cut. I doubt it. I, I hope he doesn't. I think he will for at least another week because he's OK. Let's because let's do a off, refresher a here. start on third and eight when your rookie quarterback is looking at you like, what the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. But <laughs>
0: let's let's do a refresher here, because last year in the playoff game, he. Got in a
1: fight with the Saints receiver. Not, not, wasn't him was it in, not the playoff? Not in the playoff game. The one in the regular season, that's where he got in the fight. Okay.
0: In the regular season, he got in a fight with a Saints defensive back where he like ran up, ripped his mouth guard out, and then punched him in the head a couple times.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right then, he should have been cut. Absolutely. But then throughout the season, he had multiple drops. And then in the playoff in, including game... Including in he, the playoff game. And in the playoff game, he had a wide open
1: drop touchdown pass. The best pass Mitch Trubisky threw all year was right dropped it right in the bucket and Wims literally had his didn't didn't have his arms set to where he should have been able to make a basket catch and it goes right through his hands and down to the turf. And it's just uh-huh. like, how is this guy on an NFL roster? Right
0: there. I would have just told him to go into the locker room, get his stuff and leave.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And now somehow
0: he's back and on was, the team and then this it was year.
1: Anthony Miller who fought the same defensive back in the playoff game. That's right. Yeah. And now he's in Houston and he's possibly out for the season. Because he has another shoulder injury, which has been his problem in Chicago the entire time. So, right. so we won that trade. We obviously won that trade. I'm cool with it. Yeah. So Justin Fields. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Just a li- I'm just so blown away by like how calm and cool he looked during the game. And then they asked him afterwards, like, "How'd you feel about the speed of the game?" He's like, "Actually, it was kind of slow for me." Hmm. And at that point, I was like, "We're." We're we're done here. Yeah. Like we're we're going.
0: Well he was I mean he was Get on playing. the
1: bandwagon and join me.
0: I did looking at the highlights though, it was a
1: little slow. And I wonder if it was just because it was the backups. It's probably yeah. Because he he did say it makes a difference when you face you no know, a good defense like the Bears have in practice all the time. Yeah. Cause he has gone against the first team defense a little bit. So when they play at that kind of speed and you have like Just how the Bears defense, based on what I saw in the preseason game, how it's going through practice, it does help when they're playing at a high speed. When you get into a game, you're like, okay, I'm kind of, I kind of see now like where guys are going to be, and like you're help, it's helping you to process everything. Mm -hmm. But just, oh man, just his ability to make plays and feel pressure and make reads. Oh, so nice to see. It was so nice to see, especially sandwiched in between Dalton and Foles. We were both like, what's happening? Dalton was a little shaky. See, Dalton, I don't put that much blame on because, again, it was bad play calling from the start, and the offensive line is decimated. Uh, They put David Montgomery out there for one run play, and he kind of hobbled off the field, and then he was done for the day. Mm -hmm. So then they just kind of went with Damian Williams. Yeah. But I don't know, the, those first 15 plays, I was like, again, you're not really using the strength of your offense, the interesting which I thing- feel like that's what the first 15 plays should be. Yeah. It should all be what you're good at, and that's not what they're doing. They're- now,
0: that's interesting, because from the 16th play on is when they dominated on the offense. Oh, yeah. They went because that the 16th you point had, was in like the two-minute drill. It was within like 56 seconds left. Cause they went three and out for the first five consecutive drives.
1: You had Justin Fields getting outside the pocket and making plays with either his feet or you no know, just making yeah. little dump-off passes and getting yardage. Like it it was beautifully the beautifully orchestrated that final drive of the first half because you had 45 seconds to go 80 yards. Yeah. And they got a field goal off.
2: Yeah, field goal. Not
1: not many rookie QBs are going to be able to make that put that drive together. Most rookie QBs would probably go three and out and lose three yards. It's a distinct possibility. But uh, he he made that play and then came out in the second half. Obviously they made adjustments Mm -hmm. and they kind of worked to his strength. Uh him running the RPO is vastly different from watching Mitch Trubisky run it. Because again, there's no there's no panic in the eyes and everything is a like, it's not. It's a snap decision. Like you're not in your head too much thinking about it. He's literally looking at his read and like, here's what I do. Whereas Mitch is like, okay, here's my read. Is this a good idea? And by the time he's decided, like he's already in the backfield getting sacked. Yep. So the thing that bailed Trubisky out a lot of the times was his athletic ability to at least make plays with his feet. But him getting caught up in his own head really just kind of backtracked him a lot whereas Fields doesn't seem to have that issue. Yeah. And I know I keep comparing Justin Fields to Mitch Trubisky. And it's, you have to. I mean, it's it's not a good comparison, but it's what I have to go for as a Bears fan right now. I could also compare him against Nick Foles even in this game because Foles did not look good. Nah, Foles is... Foles looked very not. much like last year, but also he's playing with third-string offensive linemen and third-string receivers and yeah. all that. So I don't blame... Again, I don't put that much blame on him for the way he looked, but it just... <laughs> Just was funny after that uh, press conference question where they asked him about a uh, trade to the Colts, and he went off on this tangent about how no, I, this, is the, this is the best I've ever felt. I feel like this is the best version of me. And it's like, really? Yeah. That that you that a, you remember you won a Super Bowl, you won right? A super Bowl, like literally on you. You won that. Yeah. Like and you were you best. were the super, you were the MVP of that Super Bowl, and in the, a game where Tom Brady also played in the game. Yeah. Like. And, and you you're think, gonna tell me that th- this now? Okay, okay, buddy. Good for you. I love that you're hyped on yourself. Yeah. I love that you're no, you're you're up there and you're like, no, I'm I'm gonna do this. And no, they if they don't want me to start. I'll just go sling it with the thirds. And no, we're gonna we're gonna cut guys up. No, you're not. No, you Nick Foles, love the optimism. You're not as good as you were the year you won a Super Bowl.
0: Throwing a pass just on your not. back foot is not the best. You
1: no, it is. Oh, like, you're not fun to watch, dude. No. You're just not. I had high hopes for you going to Jacksonville because you finally got your shot to be a starter and, no, you know, be, be the guy. And then you got your shoulder ripped apart. And then it was like, oh, well, when he comes back, you know, I'll be right back. And then Gardner Minshew took over and he lost your job
2: the to mustache. a rookie.
1: To Florida man. Oh, the epitome of Florida man, which is... Oh, Oh, and that. I love that I love that it's still an open competition in Jacksonville, too. Like yeah. they won't come out and say Trevor Lawrence is number one. They're like, oh, it's still open. It's like that's because my boy Minshew's going at it. Yeah. He, he said number two wasn't an option. He hasn't crapped all year. He's taking this seriously. He is not taking and a dump honestly, all year because number two is not an option for him. <laughs> I love that quote. It's my favorite, it's my favorite football quote. <laughs> it's right up there with one of my favorite quotes, except for like Yogi Berra. Because Yogi oh had God. some Yogi had some pearls of wisdom back in the day. And honestly, Trevor Lawrence didn't look that great. He, I, I didn't watch him, but I mean,
2: it I, don't was, uh, I don't
1: I really don't think they're going to well, start Minshew was, over Lawrence. I really
0: don't. I, it's not going to happen. And I mean, Trevor but Lawrence I, was going up against the first string Browns defense, mm-hmm. which is good.
2: Yeah, but Browns defense is solid. He
0: didn't, look, he didn't look great. Like, it didn't look like what you would hope your all-star rookie QB
1: would come out and look like. But at the same time, they don't really have like an established veteran to kind of train him up like Fields does or like Trey Lance does. Yeah. Or let's see who else: uh, Mac Jones, Jordan Love, Jordan Love. <laughs> but he was. I mean, yeah, we'll throw him in there too. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Zach Wilson doesn't have that. Either. That's the thing. Your top two draft picks for quarterback don't really have an established veteran to kind of show them the ropes. Yeah. And break help them break the game down and learn from them. Whereas your last three that were drafted in the first round do. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how those two develop. Uh, From what I understand from Zach Wilson, he's just kind of trying a lot of stuff in practice to see what he can get away with at the NFL level. Like what? Well, like trying throws in different arm slots or just like trying to hit receivers at certain points, just seeing if he can make these kind of dynamic throws that you see like Patrick Mahomes make. Yeah. Because I mean, the same kind of plays, like, if you watch him at BYU, he was stud. Like, he was making all these crazy throws and, like, being able to make huge plays. He's trying to see if he can do the same thing at the NFL level. So, yeah. he's just kind of trying it. And sometimes they get picked off, and he's like, okay, now I know that in this situation, I can't make that throw. Yeah. And I got to look for someone else. So, I like that that's kind of his mentality. because He literally like, it's just practice. <laughs> like, like, like yeah. he, he like knows it's the, his he knows it's his job. Yeah. Like they're not gonna bench him it's for two guys definition. that also haven't thrown an NFL pass. Right.
0: It's the definition of practice. Yeah. You practice it to see if you can do it in the game. We're
1: talking about practice.
2: practice. Practice. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. just practice. Uh, another sports gem of a quote. Alright, well let's move on now. I'm just gonna do another disclaimer. Things are going to get a little hot and heated here.
0: Dylan's moving the mic back. I'm taking my glasses off, too. He has put on his Cubs World Series jersey. My Chris and, Bryant World Series championship yep. jersey. and the to represent my boy, KB. And the World Series championship Cubs hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, in his words, this is the last best thing to have ever happened to him.
1: <laughs> the last good thing to really
0: happen in my life. And... Uh, yeah, so I'll set the stage here as Dylan collects his thoughts. The Cubs mm-hmm. got off to a very hot start. Well, no, it was a slow start like they always do. And then slow they got start. pretty hot. Had a good month of in May. Uh, I think they had the yeah really good month of May. And then June came around. And they really, really fell off there. The, uh, the pitching got a little iffy. They did. Look, the, the, I'm not going to make any accusations. But the sticky stuff cracked down. From that point, the Cubs bullpen
1: was terrible.
0: Oh, yeah. And now I don't want to point any fingers or make any accusations, but I think everybody can connect the dots there.
1: Yeah. The, so I think the only guy in the Cubs bullpen that you can make the argument didn't need it. Kimbrel was Kimbrel. Yeah, because Kimbrel was lights out before Kimbrel's and after. after. Yep. Um. So that happened. They went on
0: a 11 game losing streak. Yep. Which. At the time, people were saying this could be a franchise-altering losing streak. And we now see that, yes, it was. It was at that
1: point, I think, that Jed Hoyer was like, I'm going to be on the phone a lot the next three weeks. Yeah,
0: so that happened. They fell out of first. I think that at one point, they fell to fourth place, uh, only above the Pirates. The All-Star break came and went. They didn't get any better. KB was the only one only position player to go him and Kimbrel were the only all-stars yep um, from, the, from the organization and well right before the all-star break Jock Peterson was traded to the Braves yep so that was a little bit of the writing on the walls that kind of was what was going to happen I think if they came out of the all-star break and they showed some life and some spark and got maybe back into second place things might have been different but things did not change we came up to the July 11th was that the date of the trade deadline? I don't know. Somewhere around
1: there. Uh uh the trade deadline is July uh 30th. Oh, sorry, yeah.
0: The 11th was like they all maybe. Yeah, so yeah. July 30th was the trade deadline. And coming up to there, there were some rumors circulating
1: a lot about where guys were going to d- go. That was that was all I read on Twitter was like possible landing spots for every player that I've just absolutely loved. Yeah, over the last five, six, seven years, and it's it's heartbreaking to read.
0: Yeah. So within, I think three days, there were a couple of
1: relief pitchers that were traded off. I think it was like Tapera. They traded Tapera to the White Sox. And Chafin was traded. Uh, Chafin to um, I don't remember where Chafin went. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, athletics. Okay. Yeah. Went um, out to the A's. And then you get to the big four names. On it, so Kimbrel was Kimbrel, Kimbrel was the first uh again traded to the White Sox, which yeah. I don't like how chummy the Cubs and White Sox have been in trades, especially ever since the Quintana trade, which gave oh, the White yeah. Sox two like one of their two best really young pitchers prospects. and their one of their best hitters, right? In Aloy Jimenez, and for any White Sox fan that's listening right now, I will say right now, you absolutely fleeced us on that trade. We <laughs> thought we were getting a solid starting pitcher, possibly like a number two, maybe even ace of the staff if he worked out really well. Yeah. So we thought we were getting a really good guy on this and like, Oh, we'll give you some prospects here. Maybe they work out. Maybe they don't. You straight up fleeced us because granted Dylan Cease is not that consistent right now, but when he's on, no one's touching him. He's in got insane good stuff. And if he can just get the consistency down, you guys have just a, Beast of a starting pitcher. So the White Sox made a great, great trade, is what you're saying? Yeah, and they also have Aloy Jimenez, who again is one of their his his Jimenez only liabilities is out in the field. Which if you can just have him DH, like done deal. Yeah, keep uh, his bat in the lineup every day. Yeah, because that dude's hitting bombs. So, oh my god! Every time I hear the ball go <laughs> off
0: his bat, I get more and more angry. So Kimbrel went to the White Sox. Yes, um, and then the day before the the deadline, Rizzo went to the Yankees, that, which is just a dagger. Because Rizzo is the heart of that team, and it's the Yankees.
1: Man, depression set in quick on that one.
0: Yep. So, uh, and then the day of the deadline, uh, Baez went to the Mets, which Baez was actually, he'd actually talked about the Mets because.
1: Well, um, him and Lindor Lindor, both talked about playing with each other ever since they played together on the Puerto Rico team for the World
0: Baseball Classic. I think they were, like, they played together as kids, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I'm actually, like, okay with that. Like, Baez going to the Mets. Great. Okay. And then about 30 minutes before the deadline, uh, Chris Bryant went to the Giants. So, there you go. That's kind of the landscape of
2: what happened. And now, Dylan, take it away. I hate it! (laughs) Why?
1: Like, I understand the whole... I understand the whole thing of fire sale and rebuilding. I really do. And at this point like i kind of accepted that was going to be the thing but i thought maybe like one or two guys would go
0: i was the same way
2: i was like, i didn't okay, think we I'm were getting rid myself. of everybody and
1: especially when you had guys like chris bryant saying no i don't want to leave chicago i want to stay here uh i want to do whatever it takes to get an extension done we i knew javi wasn't coming back i knew javi was going to be dealt because javi wanted a lot of money
0: honestly and javi I, was the one that i was the most okay with losing
1: and I hate that that's a, th- I hate that's a thing, but I felt the same he's way. He's too
0: much of a liability.
1: At this point, Like he's com- starting to commit too many errors. He's striking out too much. He like, strikes out a
0: lot. Like Of those three guys, if you're in a pressure situation, I would never pick Baez because he'd only be swinging for the fences.
1: I mean, but that's how he's always been. But it's, I know, and I, I don't, never and, liked I don't, and I don't know what the deal is with the last few years, but he's just striking out more and more than he's ever had. Yeah, so I kind of figured that I kind of figured he was on his way out, but I figured if they were going to keep any one of the big three, it was going to be Rizzo. Yeah, and the fact that you they sent him to the Yankees, like it it just broke my heart. It seems especially because he he, again he said before he got traded, he's like he went to Jed Hoyer and he told him like if the ship's going to go down, I want to go down with it. Yep, like I will go down with the burning ship. I don't care. Like please, please don't trade me. And granted, Jed put him in a good situation. He sent him to a team that's competing. They needed a first base. They have a short field, short wall out in right field, so Rizzo can hit more dingers. Mm-hmm. Um, his, a bunch of his family's from New York, so it's, you know, he's closer to his family from there. Um, I mean...
0: Maybe they just re-sign him next year. I don't know. I mean, And
1: it's, a, it's still a possibility. Rizzo's going to be a free agent. Um, Chris Bryant's also going to be a free agent. It's possible they bring both back, but I just I don't know. The, pro- for sure. the thing is,
0: though, they
1: it seemed like they didn't want to. Like, that's the problem. That, that Chris is the Ryan thing has
0: said that they didn't talk to him about an extension since 2016. How do you
1: since the spring after the World Series? How do you last not time they talked to talk
0: to your rookie of the year, then follow that up with an MVP and a World Series champion? How do you not talk to him about an extension in three or four years? I,
1: I, I honestly have no good answer for you. Like, it's just, it's baffling. It doesn't make sense. The thing, here's the thing that makes me the most angry. The part that really pisses me off is that when the Ricketts family took over this team, they promised that, like, the losing was over. Like, they were only going to have competitive teams. Mm-hmm. Like, they brought in Theo Epstein, and Theo flat out came right out and said, we're going to suck for a few years. It's like, no, we're going to we're gonna get rid of some guys. We're going to get some pieces in. We're going to suck because we're going to get good draft picks. And then through those draft picks, we're going to rebuild the team. So we're going to suck. Bear with us. Yeah. Because then once we – it was a five-year plan. Once we get to, like, year three, we're going to be good. Year four, we're going to be – year three, we're going to be okay. Year four, we're going to be good. And year five, we're going to start to compete. And then year three, they were good. And year four, they won a World Series. Yeah, So, from that point, I was thinking, we hit the jackpot on all these young guys. And now this team's not only going to be good for the next couple of years, we're going to be good for like the next decade. And obviously we're going to pay these guys. Rizzo's beloved by everyone in Chicago.
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: dude can walk into Chicago and not have to spend a cent for anything. Because there will be someone there to buy it for him. Because the Chicago is, for the most part, a Cub City. Like, and, he, and he's even widely respected by White Sox fans, too. Like, the dude's just beloved by everybody. He's a great guy. Like, the part that, part that gets me the most with him is, like, he's the one that started all this. He was the first move that Theo made yeah. when he took over. Yeah. Because he said, we can build around this guy. He was there through the worst of times. He was there through Mike Quaddy and Dale Swain and Rick Renteria. And then he lucked out and got Joe Madden. Yeah. And Joe Men really like plays into like that just that fun loving side of Rizzo. And you watch these guys have the most fun ever playing from 2015 to 2018. And just to do the man dirty like this, when he's told you multiple times he doesn't want to play for anyone else, he doesn't want to go anywhere else. He's willing to do whatever it takes to be part of this team. To then undersell him and Give him basically one offer and then tell him to fuck off. Yeah, like it's such a slap in the face to the guy that built you and made you into something and taught all your other young guys how to be leaders and how to be champions and how to just be a part of such a great team and to just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. To turn around and do that, like it's 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 a goddamn disgrace. Unless they
0: had some closed door talk that now they're acting this charade out where they said, Hey, we're going to send you to a team. The Cubs are going to get some good, good guys off of that. And then we'll just sign you back next year. Unless something like that
2: happened,
1: which I'm hoping that's the case, I really am. I I'm, do hope that happens. I'm hoping they bring him back, and then it comes out like, "Oh yeah, this was the plan all along." You no, know, we trade him, get a couple of prospects, and then we also get him back. Yeah, might as well like not have him here for a losing season. Then anyway. great,
0: you played, you played give, the game, and let you him won. go to New
1: York and give him a chance to get another ring before he comes back.
0: Yeah, like then why great. not? Good job, Hoyer. You played the game. You want it, whatever. If that happened, okay, cool. But I don't think that happened. I just think that Jed Hoyer is a dick.
1: I don't... Okay, at this point, I'm not... I have no fault on Jed Hoyer. It's all the Ricketts family. Is it, though? I think the Ricketts family came in... Once they started this whole bullshit marquee network thing, being like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to start our own network. Yeah, that's another thing. We're going to sell all our... We're going to sell away all of our big money assets so that we can have more money because now we're going to have our own network. We're going to have this big goddamn fucking sports book thing that's right next to Wrigley that they got approved by the city of Chicago so now they can make more money off people gambling because that's legal in the state of Illinois now and it's just like you basically have orchestrated the last two years to start saving your own money because apparently the the pandemic bled you dry how do they
0: not have money I don't
1: don't know. know how do you how do you go from winning a world series with the Cubs to no money in four years. It's
0: Wrigley. Like, it's when you've Wrigley. already
1: done your renovations. You already bought all of Wrigleyville. Yeah. You already did all that shit. What more have you spent money on that we don't know about?
0: And sure, you had one year of the pandemic of not making money. But you sell but out But it didn't Wrigley? hurt other
1: teams. No, you sell out Wrigley every game. How How is it that it didn't hurt the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or anybody else in baseball? It didn't hurt the Dodgers. It didn't hurt... It didn't hurt the Padres, didn't hurt the Rays, didn't hurt the Rangers, didn't hurt anybody else in baseball, but apparently it hurt the Cubs so much that we had to trade Hugh Darvish to the Padres for Zach Davies and a bunch of no-name guys that I still don't know how they're doing.
0: Davies has done okay.
1: I'm surprised Davies survived the fire sale. Yeah, He was absolutely one I thought was gone, and then they kept him, and he's just flat-out sucked. Absolutely sucked since the All-Star break. Yeah. He is serving up BP to everybody. And I don't know if he was told to do that or not. And it's... Oh, wait, Caratini also went... A
0: great backup catcher also went with it. Because he had to
1: because he's part of the package deal. Yeah. Because he's used personal catcher. It's like, oh, great. So now we don't have our backup catcher. So now we have to rely on Willie every day. Yeah,
0: it's just been a rotating carousel of backup catchers this year, too. (sighs)
1: It's just... I don't, I honestly keep going back and forth on the thing I'm most angry about through all this. And then the one I think I've settled on is the fact that they're putting David Ross through all this. Like, yeah. You basically force Joe Madden out, which I understand it was time for him to go. It was. But then you bring in David Ross, AKA Grandpa. Yeah. Again, another guy beloved by everyone in Chicago. And he only played here for a couple of years. Mm hmm. But you bring him in to manage, and it, it was a good roster when he first came in. Like It made sense to bring him in. He knows a lot of the guys. Like he, They'll be comfortable with him. It's the same kind of vibe as Madden, yeah. but he has different ideas on how to get the team to a better spot. Yeah. And now you've taken that roster that he knows everybody on, and now he doesn't know. Like It's none of, it's none of the guys that he started with. Like, Rizzo's, yeah, like a couple. Rizzo's gone. Brian's gone. He's basically got Willie and Hendricks left. And Hayward. And Hayward. Who I always just, forget a, Hayward. I know.
0: Well, because he doesn't do anything anymore.
1: I, your batting average is 190-something, and you're in the majors.
0: He's just a veteran How have you person.
1: not been DFA'd? I
0: don't know. He's just a veteran Oh, that's person. right, because
1: no. we paid you a shit ton of money when you first came on board, and you lived out basically two years of that contract. He's basically what
0: Rossi was when he was a player now. Is that, like... He's a good veteran presence. That's great.
1: I I wouldn't even say that. He's literally just there because he's too much money. They don't want to have to pay out the rest of his contract to DFA him. Yeah. At no point they would have DFA'd Rossi because Rossi was still productive for the times he was in. And he served a purpose in being Lester's personal catcher. Yeah. But like, it's, I hate that they're putting him through this because it's going to, at the end of the day, it's going to make him look like a shitty manager.
2: Because yeah, you're going to look at
1: his overall record and it's going to look like he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. It's like you've now given him basically a bunch of minor leaguers yeah. to try to to try and play games. With. I'm not even going to say win games because you're not trying to win. It's just playing games. Which like, honestly, Major League Baseball has a serious problem with teams basically making themselves uncompetitive. And I don't know how they're ever going to change that, but I really hate this. the Cubs right that. now. It'll
0: always be like that football does it basketball kind of worked it out with like the lottery so that like even if you're the worst team you're only there's yeah
1: there's no guarantee there's no that guarantee, you're gonna get the first pick
0: but it's always gonna be sports are always gonna be like that it's just there's be, no way around it it's
1: just gonna be like that. it's just beyond frustrating and i've had people ask me it's like well with you being a Coach fan are you used to them sucking it's like yeah i am but, but, but at, right no, at no point in my life though Did I ever expect the Cubs to be good and they just flat out sucked like this? Yeah. Like I, they also have just recently lost 10 games again. So it's the first time since 1954, they've had a season where they've had two, where they've had two or more, um, stretches of 10 consecutive losses. Mm -hmm. I said, this is unprecedented suckage that I've seen for the Cubs
0: at the deadline. I said they were going the rest of the year. They were going to win five games and it's been two weeks and they won two.
1: At the at the Cubs worst of worst of worst I've ever seen them play, they were still fun to watch. It is
2: not fun Look, to watch the, anymore.
0: There, here is the thing though. They're still scoring runs.
2: They are, but like, they're also giving up fourteen. They're giving up a lot.
0: So that's that's the part. That's they why got absolutely destroyed Sox.
1: by the White Sox.
2: Uh yeah. And the, oh, the Brewers and the Brewers. That's who it was. The Brewers. Yeah. But which, look, I get
0: it. They have like 11 run innings. They're losing. To, to you're like giving like up the Brewers s- are scoring like 14 runs, giving but up seven runs the in a second inning, like seven or eight runs. And I'm just trying to do like devil's advocate, silver lining here that you still have these young guys that we don't know who really, who they are.
1: Well, now my question is, are any good. of these young guys going to stick around?
0: It's like you I have a guy like
1: Patrick it, huh? Wisdom that the fan base is starting to kind of rally behind. Oh, I love that man as their new guy. But is he, how long is he going to be around? He's twenty eight years old. Yeah, are you going to keep so. him around? I like because Rizzo was thirty one. You shipped him off. That's Chris that, Bryant's twenty eight years old. You shipped him off.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing where it's like now we have this core of guys right now. Are they the future, or are you going to ship them around? And our future is still
1: our future is still an A ball right now. Like. Right. I'm. I'm, I've been talking with my buddy Sly about it, trying to like gain some kind of perspective and calm myself down. I'm just like, what? Realistically, when are we looking at being at least competitive again? He's like 2024. I was like, this is too far off. Yeah, we are literally going with Theo rebuild 2.0. It's just Jed Hoyer's in charge. Granted, Jed got some, from what I understand, decent pieces, but I don't want to have to keep paying attention to A and double A ball. Yeah. Like, I want to have guys that are in AAA right now getting raided and take that next step. And maybe in 2022, we're at least okay. In 2023, we can compete.
0: Well, okay. So, what do we got? I mean, we have Bodie's okay. But then we got like... Nico. I don't know
1: how long Bodie's meant for this yeah, team. Nico's going to be good. Nico's going to be there.
0: Uh, we'll see what Ortega does. Um, Contra's okay.
1: Oh, crap. Who'd we get from the White Sox for Kimbrel? The second baseman. Magical. Magical, there we Magical. go. Yeah. Madrigal and Nico are probably gonna be our middle infielders really for the, the next about five years. Yeah. And
0: then okay, so we have Wilson Contreras, he's a good veteran presence. He's said that he's ready to step up and be a leader. I don't think he has I any... think
1: he's destined for the Angels in and, the offseason. And
0: anyway, yeah, maybe not the off-season, but like who's to say that next trade deadline, he's not gonna get shipped off when they suck. Exactly. Him. And personally, I don't think he has a uh, leadership mentality. I think he's a better wingman. Just because I he's think like he's a super hyper. I think
1: he's a better like momentum, like get you pumped up guy. Yeah, he's not a leader. He's he's not the guy to like be the voice in the clubhouse. I really don't see that in him. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't, and I don't know why that's the case. I just don't see it. But I agree. I'm that's I'm I'm, I'm just I've just seriously been racking my brain because the Cubs do have. Some good players in their minor league system. You have Ed Howard, who you drafted a couple of years ago. He's an amazing shortstop. That's the thing they have like 17 shortstops in their farm system right now. Where are you doing with all of them? I don't know. Where are you going to put them all?
0: Let's trade them for somebody.
1: That's what I think is gonna, they're going to end up having to do. And I think that's what they're going to. Again, that's my hope in the off season. Good. Let's trade. Him is for you use pitcher. some of your prospects to trade for a starting oh, pitcher? We need pitchers. We need lots of oh, pitchers. My God, because Hendricks is bad. I don't. I won't say bad. It's just. Oh, and they just let Arietta go. Which that needed to happen. It needed to happen because oh, he was God.
0: terrible. But there's that was just another guy that was also he's, out.
1: He's just lost, and I'm glad the Cubs got his two best years of his career. I really am. Yeah. But he just just doesn't have it anyway, anymore. Moving
0: on, we need pitching.
1: Um, good lord. Yeah, I don't even know who our other pitchers are. Justin Steele just has major league debut, and he did okay.
0: Yeah, Alec Mills, I think, is good. <sighs> Alzelay has shown promise. Alec Mills, I think,
1: is better in the bullpen than he is a starter.
0: He threw no hitter.
1: Lots of guys throw no hitters and then don't do anything else for their whole careers. Okay. It's just, just how It's just being good on one day. It's something. It's something, but so he's he got to no be hitter? consistent with it. Yeah. And he hasn't been.
0: Alzelay's shown promise, but he really struggles. Uh, Yeah, Steele. There's one other guy that I think i, I forget. I,
1: I don't. I don't know. I'm like I don't even. I don't. It's mainly the bullpen. The bullpen is garbage, and it has been for a long time. And the fact that you get rid of Kimbrel and send him to the White Sox, and they have him as the setup guy in the eighth inning instead of the closer. Yeah. I how how do you look at Craig Kimbrel like no no you're a setup man, fuck you Tony Larusa that dude is a closer. Yes. You put him oh, in the ninth inning. Do they Liam ha- Liam Hendricks. Do they granted, he was an all star.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Liam Hendricks has been their closer all season. Granted, he was an all-star and he's pitched well, but he's very much prone to giving up home runs. Yeah. And that has happened a lot in the last few weeks. Oh, well then, yeah. So, I don't know how you haven't made that transition already. I did
0: enjoy that the Cubs homered off Kimbrel. That was nice. (laughs) First time we faced him.
1: Uh, Ah, just I feel like that was a pity one. Uh, It's, again, like, I'm used to the Cubs sucking. But usually as a Cubs fan, you either know if your team's going to be bad or, you know, if your team's going to be good, but not to have super high expectations. Yeah. 2016 was the only year that I had super high expectations and they paid off. Yeah. And from that point, I thought like for the next decade, we were going to be a good team. The way like the way like the Yankees are always competitive, the way that the Dodgers have been competitive for the last decade, the way that multiple teams always like somehow.
2: They're just like, always good. Just like
1: have, have a plan in place and they keep guys on payroll and they bring yeah, them back and they, they add other pieces. And instead, we turn into the damn Florida Marlins of the 90s where we have one good year and then we're just going to ship everyone else off. Granted, it took longer than six months because that's what the Marlins always did. The Marlins twice and actually once in the 90s and then once in the early 2000s won a World Series and then immediately traded away all their players. Yeah. Because they didn't have the payroll to pay everyone.
0: You know, I was starting to get over this, and now it's, this has just brought me back. Yeah,
1: you. and then this is literally what i have has been happening to me ever since, like the trades went down. Ever since they traded away Rizzo, like this is literally what I've done every day. I've thought about the Cubs. Like I'm—I start to get okay, and then I think about it. It's just like I don't—I don't know where to go from here.
2: Yeah,
1: I don't know what to do. I don't know what the plan is. Like I don't see a clear path Mm -hmm. because basically all i've been the only information i have right now is telling me 2024 is when i can start getting excited about baseball again Cool, because i i literally can't i can't get excited about anything i turned off all notifications on the cubs for my espn app and my mlb app just because i don't even want to see when they have games so like the last two weeks I'd never, I haven't gotten any updates. I just like get on Twitter and see, yeah. oh, the Cubs did this horrible thing. And it's the first time it's too. happened. And I was just like, I... And, uh, I checked the app at, like before I go to bed you know, just to see what happened. I don't even check scores anymore. I literally just get online. It's like the Cubs have lost their eighth straight game. And the run differential was the highest it's ever been since like 1960-something. I'm just like, you gotta be nice. It's like I hate this. I hate. I hate that we played a division rival, and we lost by like fourteen to
0: two or something. Whatever. Like
1: for a four game series, we lost like forty eight to nine. Nice. That's how you do it. And it's it's just that thing. It's like there's now such a huge gap between the Cubs and like the good teams in the division, and that's how it used to be, and I wasn't prepared for that to happen so quickly.
2: It was very fast.
1: Like, I wasn't prepared for everyone to leave the team. I wasn't prepared for this much just jackassery and shitty play so quickly. It's like, it's not fun to watch anymore. I'm not excited about any of the players. The only the only player I am excited for is Ed Howard, because I've seen clips of him playing and the dude's a stud, but he is like two or three years away from coming up to the major leagues. Mm hmm. And especially with the Cubs, how the Cubs have been with like service time and all that, we're not going to see a lot of these guys before they absolutely can come up because the Cubs want to have that extra year of control. It's the same thing they did with Chris Bryant, where he should have been on the opening day roster and they kept him down in Triple A for eight days so that they could gain an extra year of control of him. And then what'd they do with that? Trade him to the Giants. After he won Rookie of the Year, an MVP, and a World Series. Granted, he had a couple of rough years in there, but he still played well. He was still an average de- player. He still deserved something. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, I think, and then
1: yeah. and then they all get traded and they all hit home runs in their <laughs> debuts awesome. of their new
0: teams. That was pretty awesome.
1: Three days in a row. And then Rizzo was the first Yankee in organization history to score a run in his first six games or get an RBI in his first six games, whatever it was. I can't remember. Yeah. But Rizzo literally went to a new team and started setting records. Nice. Which, that's Anthony
0: Rizzo, baby. I did see a stat where it's like, they were the first trio of players to start the year together and then hit a home run for for their debut of their other three teams. And it's like, okay, cool, but when the hell else would that have been able to happen? It's like one of those stupid professional stats where it's like, oh, he's the first guy, on the second strike of his third at bat to hit yeah. a grand slam with, you know, it's like, what? I don't care. I get it. It's cool. But you don't have to lay out all these stupid statistics for it.
1: Anthony Rizzo is the first player since at least 1901 to reach base eight plus times and score five plus runs in his first two games with the new team. Uh,
0: okay. His no, first two done. games. We're done.
1: He reached base eight times. And brought in five runs. You know why he brought in five runs? Because guys ahead of him were getting on fucking base. He couldn't do that in Chicago because we're all just swinging for the fences. Hey guys, let's hit home run every time we go up. What a great idea. Why do I want to get on base? Why do I want to try to play small ball? Why do I want to do fucking
2: anything to help out this organization? I can't fucking believe it. I think we need to end this before you have a I'm going to have a stroke or something or a stroke. Yeah. All right. So let's just let's end it there.
0: We can uh oh, you know what? I forgot to do an ad. You did. Let's do <laughs> an ad here at the end. <laughs> Dylan. Dylan's rage is brought to you by has your favorite team ever traded away your favorite players? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, they have Austin. Well, then what you need is alcohol. <laughs> alcohol always here for those times when you need it and even for the times when you don't and probably shouldn't but right now it is that time so i think we can sign off here we can end it
1: (laughs) your your ad just reminded me of that uh joke from parks and rec where april's like I wanted, I, wanted them start, you know, I wanted them to stop arguing, but then I remembered alcohol existed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, alcohol. Thanks, alcohol. <laughs> and your mug says, I like football and maybe four people. Yes, I poured whiskey in the mug.
0: Yeah. Well, because now it is, it's football season. And it we are, we are cautiously optimistic about the Bears.
1: I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So what I'm, I'm a little bit more toe in the water than you are, but. Yeah. Like I'm up to my ankle right now. I probably got... Possibly like halfway up the couch. I got like
0: my pinky toe in. Yeah,
1: you you got your big toe in there just like... Eh. Yeah. Just making
0: sure.
2: It's just... Yeah. So anyway, we'll end it here. I'm Lawson Stevens. I'm Dylan Webster. And this has been The Homestand.